Hello, welcome to today's County Roads Bobblecast. It's myself, Witch, Barry Williams, and uh, a debut tonight um, for uh, number nine, Paul Draper. Um, I'm sure loads of you will probably know Paul from the away scene. Uh, welcome, Paul. I'll say, say hello to yourself first uh, before we go on to the usual old Barry. How are you, fella? I'm all right. How's everyone? Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, just a little chat, isn't it? Just what's <laughs> been going on, what will come ahead, and hopefully some good news. Now it's you know it's uh, it's been a long old uh, season, hasn't it? And then um, Paul, I know obviously just for anyone that that, that doesn't know yet, um, that, that you know that listens to the podcast, obviously Paul's a well, he's a, he's a home and away fan, fantastically committed to like the atmosphere side of things. Uh, and you were involved in the originals, weren't you, Paul, for, for a while as well. Um, do you want to just give us a quick insight about some of the stuff you've done? I know that you're desperate to try and push the atmosphere on, aren't you? And it's something that you've always been, been pushing for, isn't it? Yeah, well, we've been doing this for a few years now, me and a um, few of the lads of the originals. Uh, we started about two years before COVID, I think we started getting in touch with the club. We obviously brought the siren in for that derby, and it's been ever since president and obviously the war. <coughs> and we got the section in GT8, which didn't work out, but that's there's a lot of factors to go into consideration there. And um, basically, all the flags that used to go up before the games, so before COVID came in, and uh, just a lot of stuff that's been going on behind the scenes, and we're happy that there's stuff coming up soon, hopefully that can get everyone on board, especially now that everyone seems to be on the same topic and on the same wavelength regarding the atmosphere and seeing how, it's, how good it's been really since Frank came in. Paul, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And I, I know obviously, you know, some, speaking as someone who's been on the fans forum, obviously I joined really during, just as the pandemic hit. Um, you know, but it's something that I've always been conscious and, you know, obviously Barry, obviously that's on this call now is has really pushed it using the forum as well. Um, and, and, you know, there's just been fans joining in, different fan groups, different people, just all interested. In, and it must be like music to your ears, you know, something that you've been pushing for so desperately for so long. And now all of a sudden, you know, what you've been asking for seems to have really clicked, doesn't it? You know, and it seems to have a lot of traction now, doesn't it? You're saying a bit of momentum. Um, is, there, is there anything, you know, obviously, you know, for people listening, is there anything you'd say to them? Um, you know, that, that have seen this thing, would you say just keep continuing, try new ideas, get involved? Just keep going. Just obviously any ideas, send them to me, send them to anyone, uh, to the original accounts, obviously to the bubblers, to the forum, because we'll all discuss it because it's not just ourselves. Now, luckily we've got a lot of people involved now, different sorts of groups like yourselves, uh, different podcasts, different fan accounts, different supporters groups, coaches, everyone's involved in the same thing. And it's lovely to see that it's getting somewhere now that everyone's behind it and it's actually making a real impact. Um, when Leicester the other day, obviously, which as most of us know, it, most of us will say it was one of the best ways we've ever done, all of us. And I was I saw someone uh, just be, just after half-time and I was saying that those last five to ten minutes of the first half, everyone going there, spinning to the blues, it was, it was half emotional, actually. And it, it was just boss to see that togetherness in the fan base, which... We haven't had for ages, haven't we, really? Probably since the Martinez's first season, we haven't had that. Now, um, Barry's dipping in, dipping out. I always joke, he's like Jews of Chalmers. 
he always moans saying he's having a vital on and then he's you know he's either off in bed at home somewhere or he's he's in and out the calls like they go out to fashion. Um in fact I think uh, Fabian Delft's available more than more than Barry to be fair. But uh, Barry will be joining back up very, very shortly. So um yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Paul, you know, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Um I think the one thing about I mean I uh, you know, I I first joined it and I likes a cane as another being at the talk of you know uh, fussy um events with Kane was there talking to me. It's been like said Jay Deacon and, and, and some lads there and there's so many blues out there that, that that really care, you know what I mean? They want they want the atmosphere, they want they want Everton to be the best they can. We have got the best forces out there and you've only had to, to look, you know, the difference of when that fan base is is, is ignited. Um Obviously, some of the some of this is now getting momentum, um, and some of it, you know, that in the past you've it just not been able to get there. What would you like to see next year? You know, as someone who's who's been originally involved in the originals, and as someone that is involved in that kind of wave now, um, that that's about all fans. What would you what would you like to see next season? You know, is there anything that you think that that we, you know, that we could do better next season, you know, as a fan base, you know, maybe something for the club to embrace or try harder on. Just consistency, because um, you do notice even since Franks came in, and like obviously since since the other soft lad got um, got legged, um, <laughs> there's been days like the Wolves game where you could tell that the crowd weren't really up for it and it was going to be flat. You can tell that before kickoff at Goodison. It's just really strange. Before kickoff, you can already tell. If Goodison is going to be a four or no, and it's just really consistency and just keeping on top of the players behind them and uh, just supporting them no matter what. Obviously, if then they don't pay, if they then they repay that faith and that like support you're giving them, it's it's understandable that you then go on the, that you then just get half wound up, isn't it? Because you're giving it all for them and, and they've seen that they're not that interested. Um, but I think to be fair, yes, he was a very good example of how the fan base just kept going out that away and kept going because the players looked like they were already on all of these yesterday, didn't they? But that yeah. away and kept going and going and going. And um, it was very good to see. So I think it's just a bit of consistency and just keep it behind them. And I think we've been doing that pretty well lately. And it's just, again, keeping it going and going, keep the momentum. Um, keep the momentum, obviously, improve game by game and have a good send-off to Goodison because well, there's about 40 games left at Goodison or something like that. And we will all cry when we leave Goodison. So we don't want to actually be like, oh, well, this season we could have we could have won something. Maybe we, we could have we could have done better there. All those fans, like like we've done this season where we said, oh, you know what, if we go down, we can't say we haven't tried anything because we've gave it every single bit we've got in our hearts and our bodies in our souls and anything in our minds towards those players, which most of us don't like in terms of the squads, but we just care about that badge that we and we'll give anything for that badge and it's just continuing that. I, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there and um, there's an element of the fact that it is organic. Uh, you know, it, there was a kind of, you've seen the odd tweet pop up and, you know, people trying to, you know, I think that the key with this, no one wants any credit. Um, no one, no one group, no one fan. It's just about, like you say, fans recognizing that we need to make a difference here. 
it's almost like I've seen someone describe it as a, an intervention because <laughs> we've seen things going wrong and we, we actually knew, like you said, that we, we needed to step up and do all we can to try and change things. Obviously, we've heard players talk about it. You know, we've heard, obviously, the likes of Alex Wobie. Um, I mean, you can only have to look at Lampard's smile to see, you know, the, the difference in him. We'll come on to Lampard very shortly. But the players seem to have been almost ignited by it themselves. I mean, there's an argument, isn't there? You know, it's like the chicken and the egg, isn't it? You know, which, you know, should it be the fans? Should it be a tackle that ignites the fans? Should Do we all have to play our part? Is there, there an element of right? Well, if the fans are on point, then maybe that, that the players will be on point and we, we both take responsibility. A lot of the yeah, time... On that, on that one day, for me, obviously a tackle or a throw-in or a bad referee decision will always get the crowd up. But in my opinion, the fans are always going to be there before the game starts. So before the ball's kicked, you can already be giving, giving everything and like giving it loud or like supporting and like or, or making Goodison vile and horrible as we love it. So for me, it's like sort of the fans started and the players just continue it. And it just keeps like that sort of balanced momentum and that balanced reaction between both of them and that level headed. As someone, I know that you're a fan of, of obviously football in, in Europe as well. Um, is that something you've looked at in terms of some of the ideas that you've had? Obviously, I know that you're, uh, you, you've jokingly said, I don't know if it's jokingly or, or, or you actually have, but you've mentioned about Messia and obviously you're a fan of Madrid. Um, is, is, is the, like the, the foreign culture in terms of some of the European teams something that you look at as something maybe that we could embrace? And is that, you know, do you look at a particular club and think this, you know, this, this fan base could probably do what they're doing, you know, and it really work well here? Oh, yeah. Um, well, for those that don't know, I grew up in Spain, so I've, I do have like a sort of soft spot for Real Madrid. Like, I've been to loads of games and that. Um, but a fan base I really like in Europe is the Real Betis one. I think they're unbelievable. Obviously, Seville are very good. Uh, to Madrid, um, all the Italians, they've always got good support, same as the French. I think it's something that in England, we don't have that culture. We've got that culture. Our culture is just going the game. It's we go the game. And, and um, we, just have a, we just have a day out. We treat it more as a day out of the game, don't we? Like, we'll all go out with our mates. We'll have a few drinks. We'll hopefully win. We do get behind the players, but in over there, like France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Argentina, blah blah blah. It's more like the whole package of like supporting. Like I remember Seville were getting beat by Barcelona in a cup in a cup final. It was about four five, and Barcelona scored the pen and the Seville fans they were just singing their heads out with the scarves out and that. Which I get that's too far for us, because don't get me wrong, if we're getting beat a final by Man United or something for no. That's one of the last things I'd be thinking. I'd just be thinking, get me on that coach and get me home. But it's something that we need to look at in the UK or think, all right, what can we take from other places to make Goodison as horrible, as vile, as good for our players as we possibly can? And that's something that we have looked at in the past. And that could be a criticism of us. Maybe try to go to European at a point and need to sort of adapt it more to the way that the British see the game or that they see your match day experience. Well, I, I mean, it, it's one of them, isn't it, where we are very kind of stuck in our ways. And, you know, as, as a fan base, I mean, I, I go to the same pub before the game. 
um, you know, walked down probably at the same time. The first time I've actually adopted my kind of match day routine probably was was in the last 18 months or so, firstly, because of COVID. Um, you know, and obviously this kind of, you had to eat a meal at the table and all that kind of nonsense at the time. Uh, well, not nonsense, it was necessary, but, um, you know, it, it had to obviously change the match day routine because of that. Um, and then the second time was was something that, that for years people have suggested as copyright behaviour. Um, but, you know, I've got to admit, when I first heard, when we first started this kind of group up, and we started, like, speaking to other fans and people started to suggest stuff, people mentioned, a, like, a coach welcome, and I remember thinking, so I'm not into that at all, you know. And I, I think I said, I think I said on the group, something like, not for me, really. Um, and I, I got to the stage of just thinking, right, I'm just going to try anything, you know what I mean? Oh, you know, just be open about it and at least try it. Um, and um, and we did, you know, we, I think a lot of fans had the same same kind of mindset. We tried to, to, to just do something a bit different and everyone loved it, didn't they? You know, all of a sudden, like... Yeah, I, I, I was I was very impressed by the, by the turnout. To be fair, I've, I've, I love coach welcome. When they're done properly, they're unbelievable for me. Again, I just go back to like all my um, oh, like when I was in Spain and then experiencing different sorts of things. And there is people in that group that you know about that said a month ago would say, I, I, I'm completely against that. It's just that's not for me at all. And to be fair, they're being like sort of really, really encouraged and really behind it. And it is something that I'm, I'm half proud that the fan base has got behind it and like just bought into it and gave it a go and just saw how good it can be because. For me, what used to sort of, when I used to go, oh, what's this? Would be people saying, well, just go and have a paint in the, uh, at the, in the break in the oak, the black horse or whatever. But people, when you see people there with like just four cans or a few bottles and you just be having a, a bevy in the streets, which you can also have a bevy while being there. Because obviously, as we know, police cannot really get involved with thousands of people with, with smoke bombs or, or with drinks. So it's one of them where I thought people saw the best of both worlds. You um, you have a drink and you and, and you enjoy it with your mates. It was Paul, yeah, and you know what it's it's learned me a lesson. You know, it's learned me a lesson to, to maybe be open minded now, you know, and and, and actually try, you know, do things slightly different. Um I, I like like I, you've just explained, you know, I was wasn't too open minded about it, but I've done it the, you know, done it the other week. Um I enjoyed it. It was probably one of the best build-ups to, to a match day that I've ever had. Turns up at the game, absolutely bladdered. Um, I was throwing myself around as always. Um, and, uh, you know, <clears throat> at half time, I could barely speak. I think it was dancing to Spirit of Blues after the, after the game. Um, all stuff they've probably never done before, but <clears throat> I, the atmosphere was just unbelievable. And it just made me think well, if I ever closed up in my mind, a coach greeting, greeting them, what, what else could we do that, you know, that. That might actually, you know, that, that I might not have even opened my mind to. We could actually just try new things all the time, but have that open-minded approach and maybe try some things, you know, because because culture's, culture's an interesting thing, isn't it? You know, and obviously, uh, Mint Culture, I think, fantastic podcast for anyone who hasn't listened, uh, but they do real good podcasts looking at, you know, the culture of, of football, sometimes society. They really delve into it, but culture can be changed. It can be shaped. I mean, that's what I do is my day job. You know, I, I basically I'm a national culture change manager looking at continuous improvements and a variety of other things. But 
culture can be shaped and we've started to see maybe the start of a brand new culture you know and and you know some of it is, is, is probably a culture from from way back when because we did used to greet coaches you know that we did have you know wave flags and banners and scarves and all that stuff and some of that's starting to come back but it's starting to come back in a slightly different way um what are your thoughts on that Paul you know should we be more open-minded is this you know, the start of something brand new where we are going to create a new fan culture at, well, at Everton, but of, I mean, men culture describe it as Evertonia. Um, but, uh, you know, moving to Bradley Moore, could we create this new culture? <clears throat> yeah, well, I think it's something that's already started to change. Obviously, we've seen um, the, the images off in farm. Obviously, we were all at Goodison Road and City Road the other week. And I think people are already more open-minded you saw people that were just say that they weren't going to go and they turned up and they said that they loved it so it's just one of them where I think it's just keeping the momentum going and just don't care what anyone says don't care what they say what we say what Newcastle say what anyone else says it's just do you want to experience the match like that you do it do you not want to do it you don't do it don't knock people for what they want to do um, if you don't want to be like if you don't want to go don't tell people, ah, don't go, lads, or ah, that's crap. That. Just let people do whatever they want and let them enjoy their match day however they want to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, we, we talk about unity. Um, you know, there's some people I speak to now, and probably sometimes that, that maybe I was at fault, they were at fault, or, or, or both of us, or, or anything in between. Uh, but <laughs> You grow older and you learn that actually there's probably more that unites us than than actually divides us. We're all you know we're all Evertonians. You know we all want the best version of Everton Football Club. Um, sorry to quote Ted Lasso, um, and I'm not not I'm going to go with Astro here. Uh, I, I really liked um, Ted Lasso, but he says about being curious and not judgmental. You know, and I think the more you you, you actually stop, uh, you know, step back a bit and start to open your minds a bit. And get to know people, you know, you actually can start getting along with people. Um, and I think that's what I've seen. You know, the fans are, are, stop, are, are starting to get past the kinds of pointing fingers, me included. And we're starting to now look for reasons why we can we can actually join together and make a big difference. Um, you know, long may that continue as well. Um, I don't know when uh, Barry's eventually going to come back back on. He's probably going to have a full meal by the time he, he gets here. I think he's uh, he's only just landed back. Um, so. I mean, in terms of the club, I know that you know you've been frustrated in the past in terms of some of the stuff. Probably the, well, not probably some of the stuff that they could have maybe done different. Um, I think you know I'm I'm, I'm the first sometimes to criticise some of what the club's in. I think Mo's uh, Mo uh, for anyone who doesn't know him in the fan engagement team, I've got to say he's been really open minded. He, he's embraced some of the think times because obviously he had. As a group, you know, and as fans coming together, we've approached the club through a couple of times, and he, he's been open-minded, took things on, um, you know, and I, I think that's good. You know, I think there needs to be that trust, trust the fans to get together, to, to come up with something, and just let them run with it. Um, and I'm glad to see that's been the the relationship so far. I think it's got to be about the fans, hasn't it? As opposed to, you know, the fans getting together, making a decision, doing something, and then saying to the club out of courtesy, maybe this is happening. Um, and them just being trusted and open-minded to it. Yeah, well, it's been it's been a breath of fresh air to be honest. The last few contacts we've all of us had with the club, 
but we were left a bit disappointed with um, how it all went on just before COVID and through the pandemic. But um, it's been a breath of fresh air lately because, as you know, we've been having discussions with them and it's been quite good. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of them. The club can only do, like, up to, up to like, certain, like a certain amount of stuff before they call upon stuff or before they say, listen, we can't really do this because of blah, 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 because of health and safety, because because we've got other people sat in certain parts of the ground because of this or because of that. And, and, but, yeah, it has, been, it has been quite good. You know what, on that point as well, actually, the fans haven't actually sat down in the Gladys Street since Leeds. Since um, the Villa game, I'd say, actually, since since the, since the Sofcon got, got sacked. Yeah. When Dunk took over at, at Villa, that was all stood up to. I'd say I haven't sat down on the Gladys Street. That's not for an half time since then, since since Villa. So I think there's a certain element of, of what's happened in the last few months to show you actually the fans can make that decision themselves. Um, you know, yeah, when... obviously we've been told, told to sit down before the GTA players chewing in and that because obviously people behind us are moaning. It's easy to do when it's only 20 or 30 lap, but when it's the whole stand or even a whole block. The stewards, they haven't really got a leg to stand on and that, haven't they? Because no, one person can't sit four or five hundred people down on himself. Yeah. And he can't kick, kick 10,000 people out either. I agree, Paul. I've said this all along. And look, for anyone that, that listens to our podcast will know that I sit on the fans forum. Um, I know that people have had their question marks in the past and... I totally get it. You know, it's why I joined him, you know, because I was curious myself and wanted to try and make a difference. I think there's a certain uh, recognition that it is different probably today than it was you know, a couple of years back. You know, and I like to think that we're pushing for things now that, you know, that, that, that you know, that I just, I'm, I'm just a big believer that this club belongs to the fans. It's about us. You know, you look at the Super League nonsense, uh, you know, this club's going to be here way after whatever owners or majority shareholders are there. Uh, you know, it's going to be your kids, Paul. You know, they, you know, kids, kids, and you know, it's generations, isn't it? This football club's about the fans. Um, yeah, well, I can go on and say that Dave Denise said the fans of the club. So one of the one of the last one in the academy says it. He knows because he knows what it is. He he, he breeds everything since he was what seven or so. He's been in the academy. He knows what it's all about. And yeah, it'll, it'll always be here after any owner, any chairman, any CEO, director of football, manager, player, etc. And it'll always be us. Maybe not myself or yourself, but as you said, our cousins, kids, nephews, grandkids, granddaughters, fathers, blah, 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 whatever you want to say. Um, all mates will just be us, always there. Definitely. Paul and um. I think uh, I'm starting to write Barry off now whether he's actually going to come back on this but um, all, all that I'd say to people is look um, just try new things um, people talk about banners about flags um, I think the best part of Everton in the past when you know you look at some of them old pictures are the fact that people have made their own they've been creative you know Everton are magic Everton the gear uh, you look back at some of the, you know, the flags and the sayings from the past, it's it's fans just being organic, creating their own phrases at the time. Uh, I believe Everton are, are the gear that originates from probably what you describe as the, you know, the main things being decent, boss and all that kind of stuff. But the gear back in the day was, you know, obviously not having a bit, bit you know, not having a line of Charlie, but the gear was, mm. was the good stuff. Um, so it's it's fans being creative, trying to 
convey their their kind of culture, their messages into into banners. So if you're listening to this, you know, go and do something. You know, we get your mates together, try and create something. Just be unique. Um, you know, and there's, there's plenty of places out there on Twitter now that you know that they'll be able to help do a banner for you. You know, different shapes, different sizes. Doesn't all have to be like uniforms. You know, we're all having red and white flags. Does it? It's gay. Sorry, red and white flags. Blue and white flags, thinking well, we've got red or gold fire. Definitely not red and white. Yeah, yeah, gold fire there. Um, but um, you know what I mean, Paul. It's got, it's got, it's got to be a case where, where it's not just, it's just fans just taking control themselves, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just obviously people just doing what they like. Obviously, be careful what you put on banners because you've always got the risk of someone under problem not liking it, and you know, being a, then they're confiscated or. And ejected and banned on me, as has happened to some people. But yeah, just be you, express yourself in a respectful way, do whatever you want to do. Uh, obviously, any suggestions, any ideas, any questions, like obviously, I, I can imagine the bubblers will have, will take loads of questions as they always do. We do. Um, and everyone, in, everyone involved in like sort of pushing for what we've been pushing lately will take questions from everyone. and and advice, especially advice, because it's not like, oh, we don't want anyone to tell us what to do. We've got our own idea now. If anyone wants anything doing or anything raising towards the club or anyone wants to get involved, even if you want to get involved, just let me know. Let Dave know. We'll sort, we'll see what we can do towards that. You spot on, Paul. It's about, it's about every single fan out there, you know what I mean? It, it's no good. Like, you know, it, it's got to be Evertonia. You know, it's got to be every Evertonian in that ground has got to take responsibility, can't be. And I think this is why it's working. It's just about fans just doing their own thing, getting involved, having a bit of a steer occasionally. That's fine because we all we all need to, to you know, a bit of a push at times, that may include it. But, but people are taking things on, on themselves now to move forward and try new things. Um. So, yeah, no, get involved, keep pushing you know, keep you know, even if you just turn up and you sing for 90 minutes, you know, even if you, you get a banner done, you get a flag done, just just come, just bring your Evertonism to the ground. Yeah. So you mentioned before, Paul, about um obviously Frank Lampard's. Um obviously it's 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 a good thing that it seems a, a million miles away from, from when um XXXXL Undies was in charge. Um, and the you know, I, I mean, I, I'll never get why, and I will probably pick this up at the summer at some stage, and we'll come on to that that element very shortly. But it was a bad point from the start. Um, I was trying to be open minded. I'm always trying to look for the positives, but you know, on reflection, it was a bad appointment. But Lampard now, and even a broken clock tends to be right twice twice in a day. Um, Lampard now seems to be. A better fit, doesn't he? You know, he, like you say, he seems to have managed to try and galvanise the fan base. Whether that's just, you know, it's just not an ex copite you know. But it, it, it's working, isn't it? He, he, he just seems to be connecting. What, what, what are the reasons why you think he's connecting to the fans at the moment, Paul? You know what I think, Dave? He just came, for, to be Frank Lampard, he came in at the perfect time, didn't he? <clears throat> Obviously, that other fella... It left. He left the club disarray. The dressing room was the worst it could be. The fan base was split. The board was split. We had no director of football. No head scouting. No um, 
medical department, obviously, with Dan Donaghy leaving. And then we have Vita Pereira going on strike. And that just made everything worse. And as you remember that night, the protest outside Goodison. And I think it was just not that it was it's not that it was Frank Lampard, it was just that it was somebody that you could sort of see that has a sort of a plan and a vision and like a profile that fits what many people like, a young up-and-coming coach that likes to play on the front foot, that has uh, got experience at the highest level, even if it is well playing and managing. And that's he speaks really well, doesn't he? And he's a very he seems to be a very down-to-earth guy for someone that was as good as him playing football and won the amount of stuff he's won. Chelsea's all-time highest goal scorer, one of the best midfielders the league has seen. And he's bought into it, and he and he's brought a very good coaching staff. I like his coaching staff, and he's also kept the likes of Dunk. I think Alan Kelly is still involved, in he? Um, obviously they've got Baines in the in the twenty threes, and he's just he's just he's just brilliant in the day. I actually love him. I actually love him. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I am scared uh, because the last time we got like this, it was probably over the air. Uh, the old brown shoes, um, and you know, obviously that turned out turned out bad. But I think I couldn't agree more with what you said there. I think you know some of it is because of what's happened before, but he seems to be someone that that that's yeah, so like, what I meant by that. It was the fan base was so broken, and we were all so broken that it was very easy to get us all together, wearing it, especially yeah. with the mess we were in. It was just someone that could unite us and and just try and take it forward. And it weren't Vito Pereira either, or Martinez. That also helped being linked with them too. And both of them being quite close at, at different points of getting the job. And then someone out the blue like he did and just get it. I think that's what also unites everyone. And then obviously the first game comes in, put four past Brentford, then we put three past Leeds, obviously with Newcastle in between them. And it just sort of felt like, because and obviously we can talk about the away form and stuff that he may have got wrong tactically, but there's also stuff that he's done very, that he's been very spot, very good at and spot on in certain games, tactically, emotionally, um, towards the press, towards the players, and towards the fan base. You make me expect too much too soon sometimes as well. Come yeah, on, I think on. that I think that's that's what happens when when you're having had a sniff for 20 odd years in it when you're yeah. someone that's like when you're the fourth most successful club in the league when you've got so many league titles we, we've I think lost that's patience. just what happens we've lost an element of patience haven't we and like you say there it's it's just at times and I think some of that you know we end up directing it at the manager actually I think we've been right in the last couple of times directing that at the manager but um, you know the, I mean we'll get onto the boards and we'll get onto stuff that very shortly but I think it's time now that we, we give a manager a bit of continuity. You know, we allow them to build. Um, obviously, Kevin Bellwell's come in as well. Uh, and it'd be nice, like you say, you know, Lampard is, you know, someone that has got a bit of pedigree. He wasn't the best player uh, in terms of his age group when he was a younger player. He's someone that actually that decided that he was going to work harder than everyone else and he became one of the best players. And I quite like that about him. You know, I quite like the fact that it wasn't a fact that it, it was given. I remember an interview where Harry Redknapp was justifying why he was putting him in the first team at West Ham. Um, and, and you know, how right was he? And the fans arguing that he was putting Lampard in. 
you know, and, and some of that actually reminds me of Gordon. You know, I kind of wouldn't have flinched if Gordon went out alone in the summer. Um, Gordon got a personal trainer. He went away. He knew how to work harder. He did, you know, and he's actually become a really integral player to, to, to get us to where we are at the moment. And I think maybe some of that is, well, maybe some of the extra bits come from Lampard. And I think, you know, he's a, he, he's actually someone that a lot of the players will look up to. You know, they would have grown up looking at, at the you know, the, the top players in the world at the time, and Lampard would have been one of them. He's obviously been through the, the situation at Derby. It wasn't an easy job. In fact, if, if anyone's listened to his podcast or, or some of the interviews he's had, he talks about the fact that he went in there and then was automatically told the top goal scorer he'd got. Um, and, and then a couple of other players were leaving. And he was thinking to himself, should I take this job? And he nearly got them up. Obviously, he used his influence in terms of bringing loan players in. Mason Mount at the time. So he seems to me as someone who's, who's savvy. You know, he can pull on his, you know, his contacts. You know, he's... Someone that knows what it takes, actually, not just to have the world at your feet, but someone who knows how to work to get there, you know. And and it it, it, it says it all to me, Paul, the fact that he's been able to click his finger and he's been able to convince the likes of Clements, um, Ashley Cole, um, some of the you know, some of the other Joe Williams, some of the other backroom staff to join them. And by all accounts, Anthony Barry apparently is very close to coming in the summer. Yeah, I was um, just gonna say that he has also come with Anthony Barry, but it's just a matter of Waiting for that to happen in the summer, isn't it? I think he, he didn't want to be disrespectful with Chelsea, unfortunately, didn't he? But in terms of what you said, the continuity, even after we lost to Burnley, which that was the lowest I've ever felt in that way, and I was in tears. Well, that was like tearing up. I was very emotional. My my idea would have still been keep Lampard, even if we go down, because there is much bigger there is much bigger problems at Everton than any manager or any player. Um, I, I would have said this also with with Benitez. He weren't he were he were the biggest problem. But the thing with him is he wasn't a solution either. And do you think you know we talked about? Um, I, I talked about the fact that Frank Lampard's agile, and I know that we had a bit of a natter on the grid the other day, or, or said a few people did, and the fact that that was probably Bobby Martinez's biggest downfall. The fact that the right was on the wall and he refused to change the, his outlook and the way he plays. Um, Lampard's almost the opposite and Benitez was the same you know the, everyone could see that you know he needed to change what he was trying to do and he just refused he took his heels in but Lampard like you say there you know there's, there's been games where he's tried to play open expansive football and we've been thumped you know but we've just gone now six, was it six games um, and we were competing in every single one of them you know we've we've had 11 and 15 in terms of points, we've had seven in nine um, in the last three. Um, he, and he's changed his approach, hasn't he? He's, he's listened, he's looked at the squads. He knows his style of football that he wants to play, but he's actually approached stuff in a different manner because he knows he has to to be effective. And for me, that's probably a key difference in terms of him, in, you know, in comparison to some of the other managers where you talk about Koeman, Benitez, Lampard. Allardyce, really inflexible managers that aren't open to, to trying to change or, or flex, you know. And he, I think an element of that, it maybe is he has listened to the fans, he's listening to people like Duncan Ferguson, maybe saying this is Everton, this is the style. You want to see, you know, a certain element of getting the teams, attacking them, putting them under pressure, hitting them hard. 
Does that bode well? The fact is, agile in this approach, Paul. Do, do, is that something that you'd like to see, or do you think eventually you want to see him bed in his own style and stick with it? That's something I'd be impressed with, to be honest. Though, the way he's changed it around, because as you said, we were very open and expansive when he first came. We were trying to just play it out from the back, and um, last seven games he's just sort of gone not shut up shop, but very solid, very hard to break down, and very direct, like. Sometimes too many long balls for my personal liking, but they do the job, don't they? They have been doing the job. Uh, but I, I think, it's maybe not what I like to see, but I think that in the summer when he's got a full pre-season and sort of his players, because I think there's a lot of these players that have got the writing on the wall with him. The likes of Alan, I think that's him done at Everton. Michael Keane, I've got a feeling. Um, we all know John John Kenny's contract's up. I think they'll look to bend Nathan Patterson in pre-season and have him and Michalenko on the flanks, and that could be really helpful. But when he gets a few midfielders in an attacker, because if Dominic Carver-Lewis, as we all know, he wants out, he'll probably go. There'll be a lot of big sales, I think, actually, this summer, and he'll try and get his style across the, across the players and across the squads and try and be a bit more expansive and keep the ball better in possession, because that's something that we really lack. We're not good in possession of the ball. We can't really string 10 to 15 passes together and break a team down. That's my biggest worry with Everton, and it's happened since since the since the Martinez days or, or since he left, that we are not it, able to break teams down. It's an interesting one. Isn't it? I want to pick your brain on this, actually, Paul, that you've mentioned. It's something that I'm intrigued by, because I was a centre-half. Um, little, little spare to hold them and, and southpaws, and, you know, Never the best centre half, but it was a bit of an hour last. You know, loved, loved a hard tattle. Enjoy playing the amateur leagues. Um, but I, I kind of really enjoyed um, Moyes' style. I'm not someone that was asking for Moyes back. Uh, I thought Moyes had his time. He created a really good side. He's done the same at West Ham. And then I quite liked Martinez's first season. Um, but I think Martinez maybe centres too far the other way. You know, like to Tom Cleverley, he brought in um, a very lightweight in possession. I, I think he actually said to Bark at one stage, I don't want you to see you running unless you put the balls at your feet. So you basically give him a free reign to sit on his arse up until he got the ball. Um, well, only one of him and Graham Jones did about the corners and the set pieces that they were only well, 20% of the game win. Exactly. So I think we went we went from one extreme to the other. And then what we ended up with is is well, we've still got Coleman now, we've still got an element of, of Moises squad still left. We ended up with bringing a totally different style of players in, then we got rid of them, and then we brought Ronald Koeman and just kind of scattergun approach. And we've just been lacking an identity for so long that I can't even remember. Um but for me. But what I'd like to see actually is that the fact that I just feel I don't know for the first time in a while I feel and I don't I think I've been well I've said this on, on meetings with the club I wanted to see um, when Ancelotti left I I felt like the club should have come out and said you know what the club's intentions were what the goals were medium short term all that kind of stuff um, you know. I, I push for that continually. You know, you know, I've met up with you, don't you? As part of the originals, the 27 campaign. You know, I'm, I'm someone that walked out on the 27 minutes um, and, and spoke on, on some of their spaces. Um, 
I'm someone that, that, that feels we need change. Uh, but I think on a pitch level, in terms of Lampard, I've just got a really good feeling about him. And I've really got a good feeling about uh, Elwell as well, in terms of trying to install an identity. The fact that, that Unsworth's been moved on, um, the fact that, you know, that Elwell tends to recruit younger players um, in, in terms of identity. And like you say, likes of Alan maybe moving on. Lampard's managed to probably turn a Wobie round into a player now that, that that's conducive for a squad player. Um, you know, the better players that get around him, I think he'll improve again. Gordon, again, really good. Uh, Holgate, a player much maligned. I'd still be open to, to listening to, to transfers for him because I think we can't forget that some of these players have put us in the shit that we're in. Uh, but I think Holgate's got to a stage now where actually he's actually performed at an OK level. Can he sustain it? Can we forget what's happened already? I'm, I'm not quite too sure. Uh, but I think Frank Lampard's certainly been easy to follow as a manager, and that's important. You know, if you talk about leaders, if you're easy to follow, you know, if you, if you become open for, for you know for, for suggestions, I think we've started we started to see improvements, haven't we? Um, but why do you think Awobi, for example, is better now all of a sudden? You know, he's had two, three managers before. Why is he? I think he's just got much more confidence and belief in himself from himself and from the manager. He said the other week, I think it was to the Echo, that now he knows he's not the first sub. Like he always used to know when 60, 65 minutes comes up and someone's warming up and the ball comes up, he knows it's him. Now he knows it's not him and then he's still got 10, 15 minutes in himself. And I think that's so that really helps him and he's just got the full back of the Lampard and he, and he does work hard, the lad. And um, yeah, I just think it is confidence, belief, and probably some of the coaches that they've done behind the scenes on him or him went to release the ball because sometimes they take a bit of the mix to release the ball, but that's all the stuff that they've been working with him, I'd imagine. And uh, yeah, I'd say his belief in himself from the manager, from the coaching staff, from his teammates too, and from the fan base. He's one of the ones that have um, that's benefited the most the way that Goodison has been. Because we all know how Goodison has been with the way he before, don't we? And now he can give the ball away, but because, you know, because you know, he'll sprint 40 yards to try and win it back. Everyone will just be like, go on, I'll go again. We keep going and just keep trying. So, I mean, we'll just gloss over this and we'll go to the go to the, some of the, the questions that are being asked by our fellow Blues. But obviously, we've had three games in 10 days. Um, pretty much a decent run, to be fair, up until. You know, the frustrations of yesterday in terms of it was there to be won. Um, the, we have a lot of corners, set pieces. That became really frustrating because some of them were substandard. Do you think that some people said that you should have rotated the team? But it's easy to say when you sat on the sideline. Do you think Frank Lampard knows the fact that he can't trust in some of them? You know, you talk I about think them. I think he could have made one or maybe two changes or something like Start Carver Lewis maybe and leave Gray on the bench. He looks laggy. Gordon looks a bit laggy too. I'm surprised Alan hasn't been starting lately. But yeah, really. Those would have been the only two that I that I am um, would have brought in. For any of my biggest criticism with Lampard yesterday was sticking with the five of the back system and not going with four out of Wobie in midfield. That for me was his biggest criticism yesterday. Not the actual lineup. Do you think Paul on that? And I, 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 you know, I totally get where you come from on that. Um, 
But we've had seven away games, including Norwich, Newcastle and Burnley. So that's 21 points and we've had zero points. So do you think there's an element of them thinking, right, well, at the very least, we're, we're going to get a draw. Um, and that we're capable and we've got players there that in a moment can score. Um, and he, he's got almost a, a, you know, not an issue with trust, but he, he kind of knows that if he puts certain players in, he can't really trust them. Um, and that that actually that he, he's less... Maybe maybe next season he might be much more open with some more extra plays in that squad to, to, to go more expansive than, than he will do now. Yeah, that's probably a way of looking at it. But I think the way how many players they are yesterday, the way they're already down, their fans weren't really bad. They wasn't know how bad they are and that they had the ball. And um, just the whole ordinary atmosphere around Watford. I think yesterday was a day to go a bit more adventurous in the setup and in how and in the approach for the game. Don't get me wrong. I think the way set the team on should still be should have been good enough to beat them. I think the players need to take a lot of res- uh, responsibility for it. The, for me they look like they already knew they were safe because by the time they picked off, Leeds were already one 0 down. Five minutes later they went down to ten men. So they were probably probably just thought, ah we're safe here, yeah, we just need to get a win on the home games and we'll be safe. And I think that was the biggest criticism that they can take in terms of the players yesterday. Yeah, I think, again, if you looked at Chelsea at home, Leicester away, um, Watford away, seven points, most of, most fans would have snapped their hands off. But oh, yeah, I have took it off you, like, last week. Last, but last Saturday, I took that. But like you say, you know, we eventually get to a stage where you look at their side and you think, oh, we could have had nine there easily. You know, another day. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's evident, isn't it? Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll just just couple of our fellow Evertonians' questions. Anyway, Matt Barry, uh, been on podcast a couple of times. He said it's uh, important to keep the momentum, uh, how we can keep it going throughout next season and towards probably more uh, in terms of the atmosphere. Um, what can be done? How, how can we bring what's happening enjoy, now? Enjoy yourself. Um, Give ideas to the people that are sort of in the lead. Um, just go to the games and enjoy yourself, really, and just get behind the lads. I'd say that's the biggest thing to keep it going, to keep the momentum going. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, I mean, we can't have touched on them before. Is it move on? Bring your own to the table. Don't rely on anyone yeah, else. Yeah, like you know, just be collective. Be- be proactive, yes. Yeah. So, and I said, be proactive. Don't be reactive. Be proactive. And and just do what I do. I get absolutely twatted. Um, put a hip flask in my back pocket. Get twatted even further. And um, and yeah, and, and just have my own atmosphere. So there you go. Um, so uh, Toffees in London. Some of our good friends there mentioned about the new grounds. About obviously that you know maybe that might have a fan zone. Um, certain sections of the grounds. When you look at a probably board, obviously it's getting to the stage now where it, you know it's obviously going to be emotional leaving Goodison, but I think we need to leave. What what what, what you know, judging what Toffee's have said there, what what are you looking for there, Paul? The same as you are obviously standing section, I'm assuming it's front and centre. It I, I don't think many people may agree with this, but it's not something that you need to do at probably more, it's something that you need to carry on to probably more from Goodison. So I'd say you need to have like minded people together. 
that want to do it because there is people that want to go there and just watch the game and that's completely fair enough. I do think that stays myself. Some days I just want to go there and just watch the actual game because I mean, I've had a bad day or a bad week in work or I've had an argument with somebody. And I just want to go there, watch the game, focus on, focus on the footy, zero out of everything outside of the footy and go there. But it's important, I think, for me to have a section of like-minded people at Goodison that can carry it on to Bramley Moor. <clears throat> if that can't be done, because it's very hard, obviously, because of the amount of seasons, as long as we have on everyone who's already in their seats, it's the same, but at Bramley Moor, just have a section of like-minded people together, close together. So they can get it all going, and then anyone that wants to join in can join in. Yeah, sorry, couldn't agree more. Sorry, I'm recording at the same time, people are ringing me to all that, but there you go. Um, couldn't agree more. Now, it's look, I, I get why people want to sit at the grounds, and you know, I'm sure when I get to a certain age, I want to sit, but I, you know, all I'd ask is that the, the, you know, the fans that do want to stand, the fans that do want to provide the atmosphere for Bramley Moor, have got a section to do so. You know, and then there'll be an option if you can't do that any further for you to move elsewhere in the grounds. Yeah, um, and also obviously there's my in my time with patronising. I don't want it to come across that way. Anyone that's listening, but let's say if the club were to put a survey out, don't sign up for let's say like a singing section or or a, or an atmosphere section just to be a part of it and not to get to not get involved because you see it not on everything in like society. People get involved in stuff that they don't want to do just to say, oh, well, I, I'm there. Like, there is people that go to the Gladys Street to say, oh, I sit in the Gladys Street. Same as that in Liverpool, there'll be people that go to the cop down and the half and they'll say, oh, I sit in the cop. It's just the way it is. So, for me, if you don't want to get involved in it, don't really sign up for something that you don't really want, that you just want to pose for it. Because I think people are too hard about what, what, what's said and what other people think of them. Yeah, and uh, Paul, what 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 you do with not on the hard is really important, you know. And I think you know uh, you, you get people saying this, and they say, "Well, I want to support Everton me away," and that's perfectly fine. But let the lads like Paul and the originals let them run with it, you know. Let's try something new, like the the coach the other day. No one would have expected that to be the success it was, and it rolled on into the ground. So let's try new things. Be open to it. Give this new culture a chance. So if you're listening. You know, just just think about that. You know, let, let you know support different ideas, support people who are trying to do positive stuff. You know, and hopefully we we can start moving this and we we can build into next season. As Matt, Matt's question suggested, um, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, Alistair Hume, um, what strategy could the fans pursue in the summer to give the best uh, best chance of influencing required change at the board level to prevent more of the same? Because they're done with our, our good friend Paul or the Ask, um, sorry, uh, or Roger. Or, go on, maybe you Paul. I would say I, I would say go back to the protests that have been against the board. And it, for me, every single person that force should resign as soon as the season finished, because they can't. They they need to be held accountable for what's gone on. And I've got a bit of a fear that if we stay up, people are not going to be oh, we're safe. And it's just got to be a huge sense of relief. And like, oh, let's put this behind us and make and act like it's never happened. But for me, there needs to be a reaction from people against the board. Starting from the majority shareholder, from the owner, 
he doesn't get away with this by no by no stretch of imagination. Continuing by obviously the chairman, the CEO, and every member of the board. Basically, I know David Unsworth has left, who's head of the uh, under twenty three head coach and head of academy. So I don't know how they gave the same the two jobs to the same person in the first place. But yeah, for me, it's getting on the backs again, just keeping on top of them and knowing that we're not going to have the the mix of carnivals as a fan base. Yeah, so I, I agree in part of that, Paul. Um, I think that we need a hybrid approach um, to, to, to how we approach this. Um, I'm someone that, that that is happy in terms of the fact that Felwell's come in because um, I think that he could really be a good thing for the club. I think that he probably fits really well with Lampard in terms of his mindset. So I think the, the, the on-the-field stuff might look after themselves. Um, as as Paul's just said, I think the, the problem is is the fact that has the culture really changed? Will Farhad Mashiri all of a sudden allow the director of football to do his job? Um, will, will Farhad Mashiri all of a sudden step back? Will Denise Barrett-Baxendale and, and Bill Kenwright challenge Farhad Mashiri when he's making bad decisions? I'm not too sure that will happen. Um, you know, I, I really think we need a culture change at the club and, and it's hard, I think, to change a culture when the same people are involved in that. Can you really have a strategic review where it's internal and, and some of the issues lie with the people that are, are, are reading the strategic review? I'm not so sure. I'm really not so sure. Some of them have been there and ingrained in the culture for some time. Um, Look, I'm not the expert in this. I'm really not. I used to really enjoy Everton Business Matters because it informs me. You know, I listen to people that know much more than me. But what I do know is that whatever's happened hasn't been good enough. It hasn't. No one can sit here listening to this podcast and think, you know, this season's been good enough. The last five years has been good enough. Uh, You know, we've hemmed your money like it's going out of fashion. We need better. I think we've got a better manager. I think we've now appointed a, a better director of football. But blaming the manager, blaming the director of football every 12, 18 months, two years, three years isn't the answer. I think that the, the problems may lie a bit deeper than that. And I think that's where maybe the 27 campaign, um, which I know some people might or might not agree with some of their methods, but I think that some of what they were saying was right you know I think we need to look a bit deeper you know it's about lifting the bonnet up you know what I mean if if your engine's not working efficiently you know you can replace your tyres and if it's still not working if it's still not getting there actually your car's getting worse then you might need to look a bit deeper Um, and I'm not too sure that we've got there just yet by by replacing the director of football the manager and David Unsworth I think it might need to come a bit more than that maybe we actually need to replace the whole engine Paul um, what do you think? I couldn't agree more, Dave. As I said, I think every single person on that board should resign. Um, if not, be be uh, sacked by obviously by the majority shareholder. For me, if he sells the club, I would I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bat an eye. I'd be I'd be so happy, so made up if he if he decided to sell up because he's the biggest issue for me at Everton. 
because he just what he just thinks we're playing football manager or FIFA career mode. Like as you know, as soon as he came in, first thing he wanted to do was get bail for him around the week and get Fabregas however much money. Thinking why can't I sign them? I've, I've got money. Why can't I sign them? He's it's just I haven't even got worse to this guy than Dave, honestly. Uh, uh. It, it, it's just, it's very evident, isn't it? You know, we, we've cried out for years for someone to take it on that's got the money. Uh, we get someone, and it's like me on payday, and, and, and Mitch has said this a million times, uh, that, you know, that we're literally millionaires for a week and then we skimp for the rest of it. You know, we, we spend our money on all the stuff we shouldn't be spending our money on. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm not, I think everyone makes mistakes. I really do. You know, we're all human. I, I refuse to, to to believe anyone that tells me that they're perfect. I, I also refuse to anyone to tell me that billionaires can't learn and can't do better. You can't get to that level without doing it. But but then again, you see that in football. You see people who are really successful in business and then come to football and and struggle. You know, and I think if anything, Machine just needs to learn from his lessons. Um, I, I agree with that thing, but to constant if so you at your job, if you make the same if you make a if you make a mistake at your job, you told no one this well, you've done this wrong, blah blah blah. And you may make it again and you may tell you, listen, you may decide it again, just just so you're sure this is what you need to do, etc. etc. But if you keep making the same mistake time and time again and time again and continue to keep on making exactly the same mistakes, you Which need you to have. be held accountable for it. You should be. You're right, Paul. Um, I think I'm being too nice there. I'll be honest. Yeah. yeah maybe if, I mean. if you did, if this was, if this was you and me at Adjub, I would repeat this amount, this amount of times the same mistake. We wouldn't have a job. You know what, Paul? You're right, and it's our fucking football club. You know what? And I'm fucking sick of these fucking issues. We deserve fucking better. Um. So yeah. No, look, I, I'm actually, you know, Paul, you've you convinced me talking to me there that. He's had enough chances, hasn't he? You know, I, I made up the Bramley Moors happening. I get that. But unless you're fucking prepared to learn from your lessons, unless you're prepared to understand that this football club belongs to us fans and what it means to, to not only us, but our communities, our generations, then you can fuck off. You know, we deserve better. We deserve, you know, we deserve an owner that really understands the fans, you know, and... I think the last few months has actually shown the fact that this football club, our fans are the DNA of it. It's not about anything else. It's not about the money. In that actual fact, the money at times is scrums. It's made us worse. We were better when we didn't have any, anything. And I'm not actually giving any credit to Bill Ken right here as well, because I'm not his fan at all. Um, again, you know, I think time waits for no man. I think that we need to review the whole structure at that board level. We need to get the best people in. Yeah, we, we, we don't bat our eyelids to pay someone off 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 million, spend 30, 40, 50 million on blocks. So let's go out there, let's get the best commercial people, let's get the best people that, that know more than me, and let's, let's actually make this football club start to become a success, but something that the fans actually deserve. Um, and, you know, Anyway, sorry, I'm sorry for that, Paul. Anyway, just you just set me up, Paul. <laughs> um, so we've just um just had, just looking at the questions now. Off, um, I've I've I've, ch I've changed your day. I've changed, you know. 
I've brought you on to my side. You've tipped me over the edge there, mate. Um, but uh, I no, look, you know, again, for anyone that doesn't get this right, um, as I said, that, that me, I'm going into my third year on the fans forum. I, I met up with you the night ball and spoke about the city. Yeah, I, I, actually, I remember. I remember what the day you went for your fans forum interview. I went for an atmosphere yeah. yeah, that was yeah, that was before you were started. So yeah, three, three and a half yeah. years ago, you know. It was yeah. So so me and Paul, well, two and I, had knees on there. But <laughs> me and Paul yeah. uh, actually fell into each other a couple of times. First of all, as Paul says, I I, I didn't know anyone before. I, I, yeah, I thought I wanted to, to you know after the money scheme thing. I thought you know what, I want to get on that and try and change things a little bit. Um, that, was probably, that was probably before that was probably even before that banner, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It was after. It was um, oh. I can tell you when it was. Um, it was about um, about January, um, just before the pandemic. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I actually remember now. So I fell into yeah, and the, uh, yeah. So so there we go. So I, I, that's the first time I probably met Paul. Didn't really know him then, um, and uh, not not too recently. I, Oh, we spoke on the forum and we felt that the club needed to hear the issues that are going on, but but actually hear them from from the people that were talking about them. So I met Paul as you know, Kane as part of the the originals. I met Paul, the esque speaking on behalf of the twenty seven, and and we met the in the if you know your history campaign, um, Frank. Um, I'm, 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 we gave him a very emotive speech to be honest, and, and asked. For it to be raised at board level because it's not been good enough. It really hasn't. And you know, we've got to have these difficult conversations. And that's what the fans forum's there for. You've got to be voicing the fans' opinions. Yeah, and to be fair, for someone that in the past has been a bit critical of the fans forum, it's good to see that it's finally got people that are really that really care about voicing the fans' opinions to the board like yourself and Barry. It is really good to finally see that because it has been a criticism of the forum in the past, and it that has been there to sort of yes, people that have been there just to to be in the club side and that. But I, I can see that personally changing over the last year, year and a half. I, I, you know, I made up. You said that, Paul. You know, I've spent a couple of years now. I oh, don't join the pandemic. We still met every month and, and tried to do little things. You know, I introduced a podcast because I wanted to start actually talking about what's happening. So people don't have to go on the website and find the minutes and read, you know what I mean? People don't want to really do that. So I wanted to like actually get people talking about it so people can listen to what, what what's going on, what's getting discussed, what's getting raised, you know, similar to what we're doing today. Um, you know, and I think things have started to, to, to improve. And I'm glad you've said that, you know, I think Barry actually should be promoted as vice chair. And as you know, Paul, you, you've seen yeah. Barry go all the ways. You know, he's, he's doing an amazing job in Barry. He's a proper fan, even though he is choosing for Charles. He's dipped in and dipped out of this podcast. So he's always he's always on top of everything. Yeah, no, he, and he cares. You know, he goes to games, he cares. He wears half of the sleeve. Um, but right, I'm, I'm going to start having a breakdown because I'm going kind to of start getting angry um, about some of the issues. It, 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 you know what? I, I wouldn't. I know this has been listened to by the club. This podcast, I know it has because I know that as fact. If anyone's listening from the club, give us a better version of Everton Football Club and what the fans deserve. And I don't care who you've got to speak to, what, what 
we've been through is not been good enough. It shouldn't come down to us as fans to, to try and do this. It's good that we have, you know, we've realised that power, but this power can quickly turn, and I'm sure it will, start producing a better version of this football club. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, you know, we, we, we do deserve better. We really do. You know, the, the amount of money we've spent, it's just not been good enough. And someone eventually has got to be held to account for the, for the issues that have happened. Paul, moving on from that anyway. Um, we've had a question here, Ever, Evertonian on Twitter. Original name, well done. <laughs> uh, if, if, if you could bring three players in in the summer, who would it be? Brennan Johnson, easily out right wing. Take that one off um, on my list as well. Yeah, uh, that centre half that's on Mona Huddersfield from Chelsea. What's his name? Is it Levy Cowell or something like that? It's been Huddersfield, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Huddersfield. Yeah, no, he's, um, he's Chelsea centre half on Mona Huddersfield, you're right. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I've said his name right. And. Oof. It'd have to be a midfielder, I think. Someone like, obviously, this is a bit unrealistic, maybe, but a Conor Gallagher. Someone like that. I couldn't disagree with any of them. <laughs> to be fair, but Conor Gallagher is someone that I really like. Um, I think that he'll look up to Frank Lampard. There's a lot of issues going on with Chelsea. There aren't a lot of people saying, oh, we definitely stay Chelsea. But let's, let's wait and see how that plays out, because Chelsea might be in a situation... Steve Panis said he's hopeful he can, they can sign him on a permanent because of the Palace, so you never know. Yeah, that's exactly. exactly. If I had to put one of them as me top one priority, it would be Brennan Johnson, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paul, I've got, I've got him jotted down here as well. I totally agree with you. He's a, and, and, and I know the club are big, big fans of him. Yeah. He's a young, energetic, driven player that wants to get to the top. And we've had yeah. too many, you know, your Morgan Snyderlands on massive wages. Andre Gomez is a disgrace. And I don't, you know, I, I'm happy to take criticism at making that statement because he's played five, um, he's, he's had five starts this season. I, I, you know, I can, I can probably say that one of them has been okay. He hasn't, he hasn't fancied this guy, has he? He just hasn't fancied it. He hasn't, and I think that five on to that as well. And, and the fact that Delft gets lots of criticism, and probably rightly, but Delft's had eight, nine starts now. Nearly double that Andre Gomez has, and Gomez was twenty odd million. Um, and, we so, all, and we all know Dave Delph has made out of waivers. Exactly, you know. So if he's managing that, the, the, the story says it all. So I'm going with the same fella as you, firstly, Paul uh, Brennan Johnson. Very impressed with him. Um, I'm going to go with Nick Carter from Arsenal. Paul and Carter, yeah, he's a good chance. I, I, I simply think that, you know, obviously if you move Calvert-Lewin, both of them for a billion, if we can move them on for anything north of 30 million, it's a good deal. Obviously, we're getting the money off Keane. If it's to be believed what the Telegraph is saying about Newcastle, we need to try and rinse them, don't we? Yeah, yeah. No, I said that earlier on. But yeah, fucking, you know, the, the money we had to pay for, like, Sigurdsson, Richards, and all them players, uh, you know. Sardi tax. Go in and say, you're paying this and make them pay it. You paid, that's you know, it. I think they paid 25 million for, for and what's that donkey's name, Chris Woods? Chris Woods, yeah, that's a paid release close 25. Yeah. So, trouble for him, you know, at least he's 25, he's paid for England, he's an England international. Yeah, make them pay for this. So yeah, I'd be quite happy, Nick. I think uh, Tosin had the Braille. It's um, obviously, I think he's done a really good job since he left uh, City. 
He's fast, he's tall, he's agile. Um, I think he's the kind of player that we need, not a donkey at the back. I still think we need two centre-halves. I think we need a, a leader there. I'm, 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 I'm struggling to find who, who I'd like. I've got, I've, got, I've got a name for you on that. James Sarkham, which you going to be? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. On a two-plus two one-year deal or something like that. You know what I need to do, actually? Because I keep criticising people because every time we sign a Spanish player, they say, this is next Sandro. Every time we sign a, a Dutch player, they say, oh, it's the next Hassan. And I'm probably doing the same. You know, it's another Burnley player, so I'm thinking, and because of plays, it's a lazy comparison, I suppose, to say it's going to be another Keane. Um, to be fair, maybe, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be in my top three centre backs, but on a free, if you've got a tight budget, it's one of the way you may need to look at for the short yeah. term. I, th- I think it makes sense, you know. I think you're right there. Um, the other one, and this is a controversial one, I'm going to end up getting shit about this, but I, I don't care. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Scott Mc- McTominay. Oh, um, that, that is that is a controversial one. I'm going to cause chaos here, and I think Leeds going down. I think Phillips has been rumored to go to United, um, and also to De Young. Um, I think obviously Ten Hag is going to play a certain way. I don't think McTominay is going to fit into that. I don't. I think we need another Takure, but I think we need a six as well. But I think that McTominay is actually like a talent factor. I think he's underrated. The only game that I think I, I think Scotland's midfield was excellent in the last major competition, the Euros. Um and I think McTominay's a very capable player. He's 25. He's played, you know, in Europe. Um he's not the best player in terms of like, you know, he's he's never gonna be Bruno Fernandez and all that, but I think he's a he's a he's a seven or a seven and a half out of ten every week. He's available for 30 plus games a year. Uh, and I don't think the fellow will let you down. I don't think we've got enough of them. I think we've got too many people who've flux between a, a seven and a four. Um, so for me, I'm going to get shit for this, but Scott McTominay, I'd, yeah, I'd be on his coat heels. Because Declan Rice, you might even look at him. Sometimes you just don't realise the players you've got to you. So. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Uh, I always like anyone that knows me. I always throw conservation one. And just one last question before we finish the pod. Uh, our, our mate uh, Tony Chicago, uh, Tony Sampson, obviously now the fans forum chair. I've got to say, um, Jazz has led impeccably, but Tony is a fantastic. They've still got two season tickets uh, at Goodson Park. Tony still comes across from Chicago to to watch the Blues. Uh, what a distance to, to actually travel to actually watch, watch the game. But uh, Teddy was asking, obviously, the US tour, uh, the pre-season tour, what opportunities does that present to the actual club and the fans? Um, Paul, I don't think we've seen ex- previously, have we? Gives an exposure, doesn't it? Um, going on to different kind of markets. I've always said we should have exploited that US market years and years ago. Well, we had Tim out when Landon Dunhamman used to uh, love Denver when he played for Everton. Uh, obviously, the South American one we tried to last year with James, unfortunately, never worked out because he left. But yeah, I think he'll give us exposure, uh, experience for some of these players who are going abroad, training in different sorts of temperatures, um, 
obviously in terms of like the team, it's always like a good bonding sort of stuff, isn't it? Going on auditions or like that. And uh, yeah, marketing really. We've got loads of Everton fans in in the states, haven't we? So it is a good a good chance for merchandise to be sold because obviously, as we know, with the current deal we've got, it's a bit limited. And I think they did it very well last season at the front of the cup. The kids sort of sold out in the first day, didn't they? So it's that it just gives you more exposure and more marketing worldwide. It's such a big country like the United States. Well, I'm going to criticise, um, and I, I agree with parts of what you said, Paul. Um, I sat at a fans' forum meeting. I wasn't happy um, that I was speaking to the partnership manager, and they were telling us that um, that they had a strategy in place to capitalise on on Hamas Rodriguez. Uh, it wasn't in place in the actual pre-season tour. Um, it was going to be in place the next season or the season after. I think we're too reactive to what we do. We need to be agile. You know, we need to be capitalising on stuff. Obviously, Hammers left the next season, so I don't think we ever really capitalised on the markets. We should have been. Also the, I think it's also the way he left. Though, David, if he'd left a different way, then you could say, "Oh, well, he did all right for Everton." We can still sort of capitalise on that, but well, my he, odds, was, my he was my he odds. was basically kicked out. Where any so no one's going to really want to be involved with us if. Sort of my, my argument was this, Paul, um, because this this is a meeting that we had on the fans forum. He told me that there was a strategy in place um, to look at, at maybe looking at the South American markets in terms of Colombia. Um, and I, w- I was asking, um, what was the strategy for Seamus Coleman? Because we've only just this year reintroduced shop in Belfast. We've got some of our, our Irish fans, and I, I run a network of, of European fans, Helga, the Norwegian Sophies. You know, they can't buy enough kit, but they, they can't get it, you know, unless they pay extortionate fees because of Brexit. We just don't have the infrastructure at all to capitalise. Um, Helga told me a story where he found out some European sites were stopping some of the Everton kits and it sold out in 24 hours. Yeah. You know, I, we are we are too slow and too reactive in our marketing strategy, aren't we? And again, yeah. that's something that you can that you that you need to hold the board accountable for. Don't want to go back onto that topic, but it's just all these kind of things. They all end up coming onto the same thing, don't they? Because of how yeah. poorly run we are. It, it, it's a culture outsourcing, yeah. slightly lethargical, reactive. You know, it's. To, to be the best club or to be, you know, to be the best, it's like being a, a football player for, you know, you, you've got to, Anthony Gordon, Anthony Gordon went to, was it Preston last season alone? Yeah. Wasn't good enough. For whatever reason, the manager decided, whether he was or he wasn't, he looked at him and thought, not for me. So, Anthony Gordon had two choices, didn't he? He could have just carried on doing the same thing that he's always done. But he didn't, he went away, he, himself, you know, top quality PT, all the extra stuff. He's still done his training, probably worked as hard as he could and I'm favoured in capacity. And then he done his own stuff in his own time. And you know, everyone told him maybe that he wasn't good enough or you know he couldn't get into the Preston side, but he's forced himself into the end of the side. And that should be the same. You know, the anti Gordon approach should be the same in every single area of Everyone should be forcing the best that's just the way it is, Dave. If you want to be the best at anything, you need to work hard for that. You have, yeah. 
You've got to pull your. If you, uh, if you haven't got, if you haven't got the best, so let's say, if you haven't got the ability or or like the quality for it, you need to. If someone's got like something else to offer in terms of like resources, in terms of sponsorship deals, and that you need to work harder than than, than the opposition for it. You need to you need to work harder to get that over the line, and we don't work hard enough in in too many things, and that's one of the reasons why the club is where it's at. Not not even not only on the footballing side, on the financial side, um, board board level, just everything. We need to work much harder, and we need to be more committed to what we want to do. It's it's all right for us fans to say we want everything to be the best it can, but. I personally think there's some people like that board that are just happy to be where we are and just stay in the Premier League and just pocket a very good salary, as they do. There's lots of phrases where I always cling on to. One of them is, do what you've always done and you'll get the same results. Can you think who I'm talking about, Paul? Yeah, sorry, it took me thinking you just talked for a sec. No, I, I just think we just we just need to think outside the box. We need to do things differently. We need to push in every angle. You know, every single aspect of the club now needs to push. I think the fan engagement actually has been a really good element to that. Um, but we always need to have that continuous improvement approach. Um, I, you know, we, we need to be the best that we can be. And if anything, you know. I've been very critical on this podcast. Uh, the fan engagement team, I've got to give a, a good shout out to Mike and Christine. Beth, no. um, fantastic work they do. Uh, but the, there is people in this club that, that need to do better. We need to be the best version of what we can be as a football club because the fans, for me, are the best fans in the world. You know, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a way of life. It's not just a football club. For those fans, it's, it's something that we. It's something that's our heartbeat, isn't it, Paul? And and we'll kind of start ending the podcast there. And do you have any final words, anyway, Paul? And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on the on this podcast again. Um, no, just thanks for having me on. Been been quite good. Nice little talk, nice little chat. Shame Barney dropped. Uh, yeah, on to Sunday. And on to on to Sunday, mate, and uh, yeah, the Jews of Sharmas has, has come on and then dropped off, but that's that's Barry really before you. So if you ever hear him moaning that he never gets invited on, just just remember this occasion. Um, so fantastic, thanks Paul for coming on. Uh, the originals, give them a follow. Give uh, well, you give me. A, I'm trying. It's P under slash Mosh out, is it? Um, Mosh out underscore. Yeah, I think you yeah. can all imagine why that is. So good. Give Paul a follow as well on uh, on Twitter. Um, fantastic lads, I've got to know Paul. Like I say, we bumped into each other, uh, bumped into each other a couple of times, haven't we, by chance? But fate uh, always ends up bringing people back together. Um, and we all want the same thing. We want a better version of Everton Football Club. So if ever you hear anyone and you think, you know what, I don't really agree with them. So what? If they're trying to push for a better Everton Football Club, then then get have an open-minded approach because. I'm someone that wouldn't have done the coach green. And actually, that was probably one of my best memories of, of you know, certainly 15, 20 years I've had the season tickets. So try new things, listen to people, don't shut them down, don't try and criticize them. Let's try and support one another, let's try and find reasons to actually unite rather than look for the reasons that actually divide us. 
as always, thank you for listening to the Bobbers podcast and we'll always be back. We'll always be back. Catch you soon. Um, just before we finish, Paul, as well, I just want to finish as we always do. Obviously, you save your appearance. What are we, what are we actually closing to? Um, it has to be Spirit of the Blues, on it? It has to be. Get your coat on and get moving. Shots of